0: Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this second Saturday in March 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach with a firm called Sam Nova, and this is the Optimize Your Career program. For those tuning in for the first time, I am on every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern time for 30 minutes to give you career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions, just about every facet to help you or someone you know optimize their career. Although our firm is based in Kennett Square, PA, about an hour west of Philadelphia, we serve clients across the USA. We help those who are working or in job transition who want to advance or optimize their career in some way. We've coached more than 900 people to date and revamped well over 1,000 resumes. Our aim is always to help people get to that better place, whether it be more money, more happiness, better alignment to values, maybe shift to something completely different, or bring in a secondary form of income. So all in all, we continue to be very busy with calls and requests coming in daily from across the U.S. and asking us for some form of career help. So before I jump into our topic this morning, job market, what well, kind of overall, it continues to be a yin and yang. Well, that's the best way to describe what's happening. Back in January, I may have said this before, but it, it's worth repeating, we added, gosh, it was over 500 and... 15,000 jobs in January. The unemployment rate fell the 3.4%, which is the lowest since 1969. There were 10.5 million job openings, right? And this is after we bumped the interest rates up. So it's been kind of interesting, but layoffs do continue. And now that's not so good news. General Motors just eliminated 500 salaried positions, but in the grand scheme of things, those are that's a low percentage overall, but they it was just announced in late February they're offering voluntary buyouts to the majority of all corporate employees. So again, there's a, a fallout happening across the board, especially for those companies, organizations that are directly impacted by the interest rate. But I still don't see crazy, crazy cuts. I see 3%, 5%, 10%, nothing dramatic. Maybe Uber was an exception. I see 30% cuts going on there. And of course, you know, with the interest rates going up, the mortgage services business was hit the hardest, clearly. But now, fallout of the mortgage rates going up has been in the construction side of things. And fairly recently, we saw the job openings actually drop in that sector, I think with 240,000 jobs, uh, fewer jobs in that sector. And you also see some lightening up in the accommodation food services sectors as well as the finance and insurance industry. But it's a strange market. The labor market remains strong. 1.9 job openings for every unemployed person. So if you're unemployed, you have a pretty good chance of getting a job, just just in a broad brush, look at the numbers out there. But here's the other side of it. A couple of months ago, we had close to 4 million people quit their job, right? That's in the midst of all the layoffs going on. So when people are quitting and trying to move their career Forward. And most of my clients, by the way, are employed and they want to leave their jobs. I see that every day. And when they leave their jobs, those people that are quitting, resigning, are the ones that they don't want to leave. But then obviously they have to open up positions to backfill them. So it's kind of interesting. You know, people are being laid off and then other people are quitting. And when they quit, that creates job openings for the people that are being let go. So it's amazing. I don't know if we're going to hit the same number we had 2022. Close to 51 million people quit their jobs in 2022, right? They said, I'm, I'm going to get to a better place where I'm going to quit. I'm going to resign. I'm going to do something different, but I'm leaving you. So, But what I always say to everyone is that in spite of so many jobs being out there and the layoffs, competition is always fierce. So having a great resume, a LinkedIn profile, being ready for interviews, leveraging your networks, all those things, that go into a job search have to be pristine. And what brings us to our topic this morning, having a great resume. I've looked at well over 5,000 resumes, both as a hiring manager, a recruiter, a career coach, and I see where mistakes are made, and there are some things that can just drive me crazy on a resume, and one of the things that drives me crazy is when I see words on a resume that become counterproductive. And I understand they're well-attended. They talk to people all the time who create resumes. Hey, Ed, what do you think? And I look at it and I say, well, you know, we have to kind of revamp things and get things much tighter. And we start talking about best practices of what words to use and not to use. Now, when I'm talking about resumes, which I often do in speaking engagements, one of the words that I use is fluff, like F-L-U-F-F. And fluff... You know, the definition of fluff is when you make something appear more full than what it really is. And that's what happens when you start using words on a resume that makes it look like it's a lot of stuff, but it's really creating a false sense of what your value is. So let me start off with, let's just create the framework. You know, what should be on a resume? And from a high end, this isn't everything, but just hear me out on this, right? Your resume has to show your value. Has to show your technical depth, has to show the companies that you used to work for. It should show your core competencies. Certainly it should show your accomplishments and those accomplishments being quantified. It needs to talk about the scope and breadth of jobs that you w- were in. You certainly talk about awards, education, professional associations. So one of my favorites, volunteer work. So your resume is built on a lot of things. And you got to cover many of those things. And what ends up happening, if you start using too much fluff, some of the things I just mentioned start to fall off a resume. And most good resumes, really good resumes, are certainly the ones that we write for clients will always have a title up top, never left blank. And that having a title up top, we could debate that on a different program in terms of different views out there. But the really, really good resumes are going to have a profile summary up top. And that profile summary, you can almost think of it as your elevator pitch. That will give you a real sense in terms of who you are in a quick glance. But two, three seconds at max glance, a summary, your title, years of experience, what you're really, really good at, and maybe a couple of things that you're known for. That profile summary at the top is key. And what ends up happening is that not just in that profile summary, a lot of words are used incorrectly. And this whole notion of fluff, but also those these fluff words could be used throughout the resume incorrectly as well. So this past week I did a poll on LinkedIn and the poll really hit a nerve. I have uh, close to 4,500 plus views of the poll and got one of the highest responses to date from people and it's still going. I think I ran it for seven days, but this has given me enough in order to talk about it this morning. And here's what I asked. This here's what I asked on the poll. I said, what words should you avoid putting on a resume and which one is the biggest no-no, right? Which one do you want to avoid the most? And I gave people some choices. I said, should the word successful be on a resume? 28% said no. Almost, you know, <laughs> almost a third, but 28% said no, no, you you know, don't use successful on a resume. Another one is results driven. About 20% said, you know, let's keep results driven off the resume. High energy, 41% said, get that off the resume. Now, what's interesting, if you think of these three words, high energy, results driven, successful, I mean, that's 89% of the folks said, make sure all three of those words shouldn't be on the resume potentially, right? But certainly high energy was one. And then 11% said other, they had another comment. And I'm going to kind of walk you through Not just some of the comments, but I'm going to put in my opinion as we go, like I usually do. So one person made a comment, hey, Ed, you know, not everyone's high energy, but I'm a big believer of you don't put high energy on a resume. Because when you put high energy on the resume, you're telling the person who's reading it, well, should I be concerned about this? I don't think it creates the positive impact that you think it does by putting it on. Well, why would you not have high energy? Is there a problem? Did you go through a period where you didn't, and now all of a sudden you do? So I'm like 41% of the vote. I'm not a fan of putting it on. You know, And other words that I'm not a fan of, hey, I'm high achieving. Well, of course you're high achieving. Why would I be interviewing you if you're not high achieving? I'm high functioning. Again, I make an argument. Why would you not be high functioning? So it's pretty interesting. Here's a few other words that you want to avoid. I'm driven. Driven, right? I'm goal oriented. Well, who's not goal oriented? I'm disciplined. Maybe, I mean, I, that could go maybe in a gray area, maybe, but still, why would you not be disciplined? I'm excellent. And oh, and excellent is one of those words that drive me crazy, almost as much as successful, which I'll get to in a minute. But excellent, well, if you're excellent at this, what are you not excellent at? You're excellent in these two things on your resume, but you didn't put excellent on every single one. And then that creates again a question. I'm superior in this. Well, okay, maybe, maybe you know, maybe I I'll be I, I would feel better if you say you were an expert in Adobe Suite or you're considered an expert in a technical area. Maybe I can live with that. But using the word great, some people would argue using the word passionate may not be necessarily the best words to use. Now, again, we're talking about. These are all words that could come across as fillers. And of course, I didn't mention this. Do not use the word I or my on a resume, right? That's Those are the other two words that are filler words. Of course, we know it's you. You don't have to say I. You don't have to say my because we know you're the one who did the accomplishment, right? So be very careful that you don't use those types of words on a resume. Now, here's one that's a little debatable, but people made a comment that said, team player. Hey, I'm a team player. Why are you telling me that? I'm expecting you to come here and be a team player. It's interesting. And certainly the words that I'm talking about, whatever you do, don't repeat them multiple times. Like I said about the word excellent. Now, some people said, hey, Ed, they're all bad. Don't put any of them on the resume. Successful, results driven, high energy, team player, excellent. You know, keep them all off. And by the way, that's more my point of view than my resume writer's point of view that work with me every day. Now, here's a word that a former client of mine sent me and posted, and I thought he was spot on. He goes, Ed, uh, you probably want, also want to avoid the word staff, S T A F F. Now, it may not necessarily be a filler word, and some people use the word staff because of the environment they grew up in and the world that they know. But staff can also conjure up old thinking. You are old using old language. Staff could infer you're very supportive of top-down management. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're my staff. And the better word to use is team. And that kind of brings you more current. So although it may not be a filler word, that's a word you most likely want to avoid on a resume, that word staff. I think the word Successful is, is probably the one that just drives me crazy. As you could probably imagine, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of words that drive me crazy. But successful is one where if you put down you're successful at this implementing this project as part of your accomplishment statement, what things did you do that were not successful then or were not as successful? And that just conjures up, well, everything on your resume should be successful. Why state the obvious? I had a resume once where they had, I think, nine or 10 successfuls throughout the resume. And then when we took all the successfulls out, we got the resume from three pages down to two pages, believe it or not. See, that's the whole point of unneeded words. The other point that I want to make that's so important is that if you're excellent, you're you know results-driven, you're high energy, uh, you're great, you're, you're all these things. When when somebody starts to read all these things, you start going into list mode. And my strong belief is that once you go into list mode, and you're great at everything, that means you're not too good at anything. You've heard that expression. If you great graded everything, that means you're probably not too good at anything, because it becomes not believable any longer. Now, what our profile's at the very top, when we write resumes, I am a big fan of saying there's a couple things that you're known for. And if you spoke to 10 people that work with you and said, what are you known for? And somebody says, hey, they're incredibly passionate, then, I, then I'm okay with using that word. But that, only that one time on a resume, right? Because it, it's coming from the things that you're really, really known for. But that's really the exception to the rule for me. Maybe use it a couple of times. And for those listening, look, if you go through your resume and you see these words, take them all out. And I want you to fill it up with things that you're really good at, accomplishments that actually show a quantifiable result. I'd rather have more of that and less than the fluff words. And I'm going to close on just a few words that you do want to use on a resume that are, I think are strong words. What you achieved, you executed initiate it is one of my favorite words, initiate it, you generate it, you optimize, you implement it. Maybe you spearhead it. Maybe you accelerate it, streamlined, improved. See, but all those words will also fall flat. Those are great words, right? They're not filler words, great words to use, but you have to remember if you implemented something, what did it result in and give it a quantification, those words are good, but without quantification, you're not going to really demonstrate your value. So, those are a few tips on words to use and not to use on your resume. And we're just about out of time. For those new to the program, I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume Do's and Don'ts The Sam Nova Way. It's available on our secure website. And we'll even pick up the shipping costs. Just go to our website, samnovainc.com, S A M N O V A. Inc.com. click on Resume Services, there's the drop-down, it's a secure site, Uh, you could also order it via Amazon. But 500 plus positive comments on the book debate, and the ones we love the most are the ones we get back to say, hey, Ed, uh, I landed the job because of your book. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m., I'm on this voice-only tool called Clubhouse on your cell phone, and our focus is on career, faith, and purpose, that's Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time and with my co-moderator, Charlotte Taylor, a career coach and resume writer based in Florida. So again, uh, if you go to my website, go to events, you're going to see my speaking engagements and you're going to see a lot of information about places I network at and speak at and including this event. This past week, we got a new testimonial from a client of ours that just landed a job very recently. It was a career pivot of sorts go to my LinkedIn. I have 26,000 plus connections. If you're not connected to me, please do so. But you can check out that new recommendation. Very appreciative of clients who send in recommendations uh, highlighting the work that our team does for them. So please join me on the next Optimize Your Career program, Saturday, March 18th, as I will be talking about something that a lot of folks don't like to talk about, but one that I have scars of experience on and one that really is vital, especially in a very competitive, cost cutting job market that we're in. It's called workplace accountability, workplace accountability. So this is Ed Samuel, career coach with Sam Nova. If you'd like to reach me with a question or comment, email me at esamuel at sam, N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com, samnovainc.com, or call our main number at 610-274-8214. So make it a great Saturday. Wishing you and yours a great weekend. Stay safe and God bless.